everybody, and welcome to another edition of the official Chella Toys podcast on Grapple Arcade. I am Pablo, and with me is the um, oh, I'm, I'm running out of date. The look to my butch. It's uh, Brian Solomon. Um, hello. I'll take it. I guess the skip to your zip. You know, whatever you want to call me. I'll, I'm just happy to be here as always. I'm pretty butch. Oh, uh, see, well, it's better yeah. than being a hip to the hop, I suppose. <laughs> I am very, very ill, so I do apologize in advance. Uh, those especially who have earphones or headphones, you will hear me uh, cough and splutter and everything else. Uh, but we'll, we'll pull, I'm a trooper, you see. I'll pull through this. I'm a pro. I'm definitely a pro. Um, as, as my guest and co-host look at me with a lot of doubt and fear in their eyes. Um, so the reason why we're here today is because our guest has is the newest recipient of an action figure from Chella, arguably... Actually, I don't think arguably. I would say this is the greatest figure my guest has ever received. I have with me David Heath, the one and only Gangrel. How are you doing? Good, guys. How are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing well. We're Can good. I, yeah, yeah. I always like to say yeah. that we start with a, a superb introduction and then we go downhill uh, with really shoddy questioning. Um, All right. Well, I'm a sound as a pound, but you look proper knackered. <laughs> well... I, We've seen it. Well, I've been in your presence three times now, and they've all been 10 years apart. So we'll do this again in 10 <laughs> years time. Um, I first saw you in uh, Newcastle in the 99 WrestleMania Revenge Tour, and it was you and Edge right. against uh, against against um, Owen and Jeff, actually. Oh, um, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, amazing stuff. Um, and then I saw you on, uh, it was a UK independent show around 20, oh, oh say 2008. And PCO oh. was there. Reddy Dupree was there. American Dragon was there. Uh, uh, Daniel Dixon. <laughs> yes. Dan Brian, da Brian Danielson would not sign anything uh, that wasn't American Dragon because he didn't want to ruin the illusion for kids, which I thought was quite, <laughs> which I thought was quite admirable. And uh, PCO was the scariest wrestler I ever met. He signed my autograph and he was staring at me like that, you know. Ah. And you know he's a scary, scary dude even back then. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's still scary now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he is. Um, so this action figure, like, I can't say enough good things about it. We did a little retrospective on you, uh, and hopefully we got everything right. Uh, but we talked about the figure quite a bit. And one thing that I love about Chella's figures is that the, the subject matter works in cooperation with Chella. Now, when you look at the fact that you have the tongue piercing uh, you know, the, the shirt is spot on, the, the look, the character and the goblet with the blood and everything. Is that, were those like important to you that those were captured on that figure? Because you, you haven't had a lot of figures previously. Oh, no, there's probably been four, five, four for sure. Mm. But uh, not, not a lot. And it, it's been a bit quiet since, since, since I left WWE or WWF at the time when I was, when I was WWE when I left and I've been back a couple of times. But for some reason, um, you know, all the, all the people come to me and go, why do you have, don't have any figures and stuff like that? And, and it was WWE that would shut it down. It wasn't the toy companies or the Jags or whoever it was, per se. So you're the first ones to do it in a long time here. So Very exciting. And I remember there was a uh, an unreleased Gangrel figure, which has kind of been making the rounds because everyone's into, like, unreleased stuff. And you did get the real scan technology thing. Um, oh, uh yeah, what was uh, the, that process like for you? And was it just a case of you were gone by the time of the figure's release, so they decided to hold off on the figure? Oh, wow, I didn't see that figure. So uh, I will yeah, send you a picture. Okay. Oh, well, cool, cool, cool. They, uh, 
Yeah, I remember they brung his. Uh, I can't remember what they called the the machine had a uh, nickname like something or whatever. But you went in, you sat down, they digitally scanned your old head, and it was, it was a really cool process. It was super super cool. Uh, they said they used it for like movie movie scenes and stuff like that. But like when somebody would shoot yourself in the head, the blood would spray out. Like Edward Norton and uh, maybe it was Fight Club or one of those movies. I'm not sure. Um, they used that all that type of process for it. So it was really really cool. I'd heard they used it for military weapons as well. Um, kind of like 3D printing, I guess. It's like very early version of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's crazy. So, I mean, it, it, you know, I'm guessing, I, I shouldn't presume, but I'm guessing the main reason why there hasn't been a lot of WWF or WWE merchandise since your departure is because of the name. And there was probably I, a lot of, uh, you know, red tape uh, to yeah. go along with that. So when did you finally acquire the name? Oh, uh, shoot. I don't know how long. It'll, I, I'm not good with numbers. It was a couple of years ago that I acquired it. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I believe a lot of it has to do with the name, but not because they don't own it, just because of the heat of it, how how it came about with um, them picking the name. Basically, it was Vince McMahon that said, all right, he needs a name. He's debuting. He pointed at the name Gangrel. And uh, they said, oh, cool. And they went on. So apparently that was on a Friday night. By Sunday, when it, and then everything aired Sunday, Monday, or whatever it was, there was all these lawsuits and, and whatnot. <laughs> so um, apparently, nobody told legal, or legal didn't run the the name, or, or something of that nature, and and they got hit with like they had to lease the name for five years, and they it pay so much money, and uh, right. so I think it's just left a really uh, foul taste in her mouth because, all, in all honesty, because I have the name, like it's trademark, it's registered in entertainment. Uh, you know, food, alcohol, whatever I want to do with it. Most, most, almost all categories are covered. Um, uh, all I got to do is sign a piece of paper and say, hey, here you go. So, so it, it seems a bit silly and a bit daft not to uh, make money. Uh, why they wouldn't make money with it. Like a brood said, you know, I mean, what's as money, but I, I think sometimes more personal issues that they, is not, uh, that doesn't outweigh the money he thinks he can make. And that'd be, I would say that'd be Vince McMahon. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, when I, I worked at WWE, uh, right around the time that you were there, I was in the publications department, the magazines and creative wow. services and things. And I remember what, that was one of the things that they taught us. There were, there were these names that whenever we found them in copy anywhere, we had to know like who owned the rights, like Hulk Hogan at that time, Marvel comics, had owned it because of what happened. I think like the ultimate warrior owned his own name. And, and then there was your name and there had to be a legal line. You probably know, like any, anytime we would put your name in an article or anything, we had to put copyright white wolf or whatever, whatever the official yeah. line was. And it was such a pain in the ass for everybody. And I, and I used to wonder well, why, and maybe you can answer this once they realized they made the mistake. Why didn't they just change it? I mean, it was early on in the game. I have no idea. I don't, I, I think he got hot at them too. So he was mad at everybody. You know, you know how he is. So yes, I, I really don't know. So, but I, what I can tell you is when that five-year lease or whatever was up, so was I. <laughs> so I think I have heat along with that name. Coordinate Edge says I don't. Edge says I don't. He says Vince just doesn't believe anybody will remember the brood or me or anything of that nature. But uh, wow, well, that's what he says. What does he know? Yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess he showed him with the SmackDown thing, and that was all leading up to the SmackDown stuff like that. But um, he just believes he just 
like they wouldn't remember it's not really relevant enough to bring it back but that goes along with the thinking and not want anybody over a certain age there or whatnot unless they've been really interacting at the company the whole time all the way through you know were there right. no plans to do any crossover with uh, White Wolf, though? Because it just seems now there's a lot of crossover that WWE do with... I mean, it's always been the case. That's why it feels odd. And they, you know, the guys like Vince Russo, you know, they kind of had their finger on the pulse of what the, like, teenagers want, people my age. And there is that slightly, you know, nerdy comic book reading fan base as well of which i am one and it just seemed like it would be a, a given to, especially now you know with the comic books that they released at the time uh, of undertaker and rock and china and everyone else was there never any talk about that no and they never really talked to me at all about much of anything to be honest so <laughs> i just know there was um i just thought it was heat and then they had to advertise it or whatever and every magazine you had to have that uh, masquerade right. the, the advertising and stuff like that so i, I think oh, that, that's right that, yes that whole incident just generated instant heat for me. Like, like <laughs> anytime right. you cost a com- company like $5 million, you're going to have heat, you know? <laughs> I do remember that now that you mentioned it. Yeah. We had to run a full page ad for vampire, the masquerade <laughs> in every magazine. And that's how I found out about it. Cause I remember going like to my bosses, I'm like, what's the deal with this vampire, the masquerade ad that we keep running and everything. And they explained to me, to me what happened and again it just seems so odd but like you were saying pablo like why didn't they do something with white wolf or 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 try and work with them it's just one of those one of those heat kind of things it it would be like imagining if vince was gonna like work out a partnership with the world wildlife fund you know know what i mean like (laughs) hey we both own the name let's just do this little cute thing together that was never gonna happen so it's like an ego thing you know so when you were on the, uh, the 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 WWE 13 video game, which I I loved because uh, it's a full Attitude Era roster as well. What was the um, the you know if you obviously well, uh, you don't want to go into it, but was was that complicated? Uh, no, it wasn't complicated. I'm trying to remember how it went down. There was a lady that was in charge of it. She told me she really didn't care because they were going to be going out of business or something like, <laughs> she goes she goes after this game comes out we're going to be out of business they're going to, or something because they're going to go with a different uh game maker or something whatever that is i don't understand all that stuff so she wasn't quite worried about it but she kept pushing them pushing them and then somebody in there signed off on it so that's how i was able to do that yeah the, the, it was a download or something like that it was great to see you on there because they really went out of their way to get names who weren't particularly and, signed and, under legend contract. whoever this particular person was, was whatever she was saying she was like i think they went out of business didn't they right after that they went to 2k not long after that so yeah that makes yeah, yeah. that would make sense yeah yeah and they were telling me we don't care because we're going to be going out of business <laughs> it's a good mindset to have it's good for the wrestling fans when yeah. a company doesn't <laughs> yeah. care you know um so when we didn't get heat in uh in the uk we got like in, in 98 we got like a um a, a recap show which had some heat matches on and stuff like that so the first match that i saw uh was the raw match which was that was brian christopher wasn't it and heat was scotty too it was scott taylor right so i debuted my first match was with scotty taylor and then the next match was with, with uh brian christopher everyone seems to make the debut against scott taylor or uh steve lombardi it seems steve lombardi oh <laughs> uh, it was scotty poor scotty he got me in um Everything went okay. I kind of messed stuff up in that because, it's like, I was wearing, like, uh, proper boots. I wasn't wearing wrestling proper boots, but I was wearing, like, 
boots that still had the soles on them and so it was a bit awkward in there and stuff like that but scotty took care of me and it went quick and it went the way it was supposed to go but then when i drew brian rest in peace his crazy self um he went out there and he convinced me uh he says hey let's do 50 50 let's go have this really really good match you know so i'm like oh okay yeah cool 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 so i go out there we're wrestling away now you didn't see a match like that on tv you just saw like a really short like uh short clip and a win um so we wrestled probably like i i don't know like six minutes or something like hey, whatever up to the time we were supposed to and whatnot but it was like 50 50 back and forth and you know and i was all happy coming back feeling good now i had made friends with the pyro guys and and the people underneath because we do this the elevator comes up and whatnot and luna always told me she goes no matter what you do you got it would be nice to these guys and be friends with them make sure you get to know everybody and so i became friends with everybody because they'll save your butt one day and um so i come back and i'm thinking everything's all right and the pyro dudes come running from underneath going hey man vince was screaming he's gonna fire you he screaming at vince russo what do you want me to push this guy doesn't even know how to go over in his own match he just goes out there does a match he doesn't get over he lets this guy do everything when he should have squashed him and Yada, yada, yada. So I'm like, oh, no. They, they said he was screaming, you are done. You were, he, he hollered, he's fired. He's fired up there. You know, he was just going off, you know. He was in full rage. And um, so I said, oh, so man. So, you know, I had one of those moments. So I wanted this job and I let it go. Is this stress worth it? And I go, I better try. So there he came with that Vincent came and man walked. That, <laughs> <laughs> and it, I have to like, I'm kind of shuttling and getting in front of him. He goes, can I help you? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yes, you can. I, I heard you're very upset with that match out there. I was. And I go, listen, let me explain something. Like, if I can, he goes, go on. <laughs> you know, I go, man, I've been doing jobs here since 1987, man. I, I To be honest, unless I'm in Japan and we're going back and forth suplexing each other on the heads, which you guys don't want me doing, I really don't. I never really done a match where I'm supposed to beat somebody. <laughs> and then when, well, I wore my heels out and started to tip up my boots. He kind of gave a smirk. I said, it won't happen again. And I go, oh, absolutely not. And he goes, then we're good. And he walked on, man. <laughs> uh, that's great. So w- one thing that... The- so I about got sacked on my second day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a very niche uh, cello figure if you'd only had two matches and there was a figure made of it. Um, so one thing I love about the cello figure is that it has the early Gangrel kind of, uh, I don't know what you call them, sort of like armor of the tights. Right, like- legging, legging armor, yeah, that black gum. Those have gotten out of a, um, a Renaissance festival. So I was just, I was just walking along. And I said, oh, these look really cool. So I bought the, the leggings and stuff. So they strapped on the thighs. And then, and then I still, I still to this day, I'm still wearing the shin ones. The, the, the shin ones. I'm wearing the same exact ones since the debut. <laughs> I was going to say, did, so, did they become cumbersome? I'm so cheap, I haven't bought a new set. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, did they become cumbersome? Because you also wore a leather jacket to start with but you're going through well, that fire in a leather jacket and i can imagine that's probably not the most comfortable thing well no i i thought i looked cool but the office didn't so they said hey lose the leather jacket so i lost that by the second time i walked down the ramp <laughs> they also told me to lose the smile but i couldn't lose the smile either i kept smiling you know hey, but the leggings like, yeah. the leggings the thigh parts yeah the, the leggings um i lost them because the straps just kept breaking and i couldn't figure out you know, if I taped them up, they looked a bit shoddy. Like, so I it just, I just, I just lost the leggings. So I just went with the uh, shin guards and then the white shirt, the white puffy and the smile. 
you mentioned Russo and Vince uh, kind of arguing with each other uh, when w- with the match that you had. Was was Russo really behind you more than Vince? Was he kind of like? Did Vince feel that Russo was like pushing you on him? That kind of thing. Uh, well, th- uh, you might be able to tell me better, but like I was under the understanding that Vince Russo at one point got like thirty days of creative control, like where they would interfere or something. And then wow. in that thirty days, when they hired me, they told me. Once they got me to sign the contract, they told me, oh, we're gonna, you're going to sit home for a year. Like, I'm like, what? Because I was just I got offered a deal in all Japan to start and do a year over there with uh, tagging with Bobby Duncan for uh, Baba, giant all, all Japan. And I wanted to really do that. And Luna kept saying, no, you need to sign here. They're offering you a job here. This is when, you know, uh, Steve Williams came over on the same tour. They offered me a job with Steve Williams last tour. We were uh, together in all Japan. So I wanted to stay and do Japan. And Luna talked me into signing that contract. So I signed the contract. Then they go, oh, well, we're just sitting you home for a year. We don't know what we're going to do with you. And I went, oh, I was crushed. But I was only home like a week. And then Vince Russo called up. Hey, bro, can, can you still do that vampire thing? You know, I'd already gotten rid of the fangs. They were permanent at one time and grew the hair. And he goes, I, I, I just need you to show up looking like a vampire. I'm like, okay, man. And then I thought he was going to say like, in a couple of weeks or whatnot. This was a Friday. He said, no, tomorrow, I believe. I got on the plane. So I ran out to Hot Topics and found a white puffy shirt, ran over to Journeys, got a pair of boots. The pants came out of Hot Topics. So I was like mall, mall pirate. I was like sponsored by the mall, like basically Hot Topics. <laughs> so I ran out there and debuted against Scotty and all that. So um, they're arguing up there is, yes, I believe Vince Russo thought I would be a good shuttle for Edge in, like, because they couldn't figure out what to do with Edge. Vince Russo's the one that called me and said, hey, bro, can you still do the vampire thing? You know, so I was under the impression that he got control and then he got a lot of heat for bringing me in because this big man told me himself. He told me himself one time, he says, lose those teeth, grow your hair in and I'll hire you, but I'm never going to use the vampire thing. (laughs) So so I had heat out the gate, this whole vampire thing. So, yeah, I would say Vince Russo somehow slid it in there. Whatever it was, the 30 days he had some kind of control or whatever that situation was. Well, yeah, he he slid it in there. <laughs> that his, makes sense. His input as well, though, because um, if you'd have come in as a vampire in 1995, you probably would have been, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula just because of how cartoony and on the nose everything was. But one thing I loved about Gangrel and The Brood is how contemporary it was and actually ahead of the times in some ways when you think about Buffy and Angel and uh, Twilight and all that kind of stuff. And um, I remember one magazine uh, article. It's one of my favorite articles because I'm a huge, huge, huge Christian fan. Um, <laughs> there's an article where you guys are wearing street clubs, but you're in nightclubs, like underground nightclubs and stuff like that. Do you right. remember, uh, Phil? Do you remember uh, shooting? Yeah, that? they did. They did a video for that. It's out there on YouTube too. You could find it. It's a whole video when we're out in Ebor City. We were, we're like a. Uh, uh, like Edge and them are sitting up in a VIP and like I'm down on a dance floor with girls all around me. We're just fighting random girls and hanging out and hanging out under the pier by the ocean. It was in Tampa. It was shot in uh, Ybor City in Tampa and then down by the uh, water and, uh, um, out, out by Dunedin over there in Tampa. So that was a really fun night. Those, those two were pretty straight edge at the time. I, I was I was a bit into <laughs> everything that night. <laughs> Well, the brood really appealed, you know, because I was angsty teenager. You know what I mean? So, like, the brood sort yeah. of really had that sort of uh, appeal. Have you had? Well, people- I, that's what I pictured the brood, but then, like, I don't know. It just kind of, you know, you can't. I, I don't know what happened, but but you know, it was like it was originally me, and then they had me working edge. But I kept pitching the whole the Lost Boys. I kept saying, yeah. it doesn't matter 
if you win or lose, as long as you look cool losing, as long as you look cool, people aren't going to care. As long as you're just cool, they're like, we don't get it. <laughs> I'm going, yeah. man, all you got to do is be a cool-ass vampire, and I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you do to it, you can't kill it. <laughs> Lost Boys was definitely the vibe I got from the beginning. When I first saw it, I said, oh, they're going for the Lost Boys. That's pretty cool. Because yeah. I mean, the free birds. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's great. Because I remember, you know, the Vampire Warrior days actually before I worked in WWE when I was I was just kind of like covering local indies for newspapers and things in New York. I, I would see you. I think I first saw you on a it might have been a Savoldi show in Brooklyn. And it yeah. was and you were there with Luna. She was there with you. And I think you were in the main event, if I remember right, against um, Devin Storm. And this must have been like 95 oh, crowbar, or something. Crowbar, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And this that was the first time I ever saw you. I, I I knew the name and the gimmick was great because you were already appearing in the magazines even before that. And and that's a great way to get your your yourself out there, you know, because it was a unique gimmick. Yeah, I was uh, lucky. So like like actually in 92, late 92, I had a tryout doing the whole vampire thing. And uh, they, they they crapped on it, of course. You know, they're like, yeah, we don't get that. Um but then Jerry Lawler came up to me and he goes, Hey, I, you know, you want to come to Memphis? I really like that. <laughs> so I went to Memphis, but when he kept making it a monster, right? Like somebody was saying like a Bella Lugosi earlier, you were saying, but Jerry Lawler kept wanting me to come out like this very monster type of thing. And I kept going, Oh man, it's supposed to be like flick, like the new breed, Chris Champion in there, but vampires, man. I don't know how to explain it to you. He goes, no, no, no. You got to be a monster, man. So <laughs> like, Puerto Rico was the same thing in 90. Or whatever they go no no man it's gotta be a monster it's gotta be a monster but the whole time i was trying to pitch it as the lost boys deal lost boys and then finally bruce pritchard and vince russo and i think tom pritchard might have had a lot of put in that because he was like going, no man it's cool you know like, <laughs> so finally somebody like kind of got what i was talking about and then i was a big fan of the free birds so i was like you know i thought you know that'd be just awesome to be like kind of like the lost boy free birds you know <laughs> Do you, do you think they had the same trouble trying to explain what Edge was as well until the brood sort of happened? Because, you know, it, I, I remember Edge talking about this himself, that there wasn't really a direction for him as well. And the Edge Gangrel feud, it was based on something from the past, but it wasn't really explained until Christian eventually showed up. So, like, how how on the fly was but, this? Well, like, hold on, hold on. It was explained when Christian showed up because I still didn't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Well, my, my thinking is that you had... <laughs> uh, you had maybe brainwashed Christian and turned him to the dark side or something, and Edge wasn't happy with that. I don't know why the brood ever got together. That sort of kind of happened out of nowhere. Uh, um, but I, I heard rumors that we were like, from the same village and all kinds of like weird stuff, but I never understood how we, why we were together or whatnot. But as far as Edge, though, um, and I, and I could be wrong on this, but I think they, like at the time of coming around, he was, uh, I think they wanted him to do like kind of like what Heidenreich was doing, reading these like poems oh, and no. being really whatever. And they wanted him to stand in his coat, maybe on, like maybe to say the top of the Titantron. I don't know. And read some kind of poem like Edgar Allan Poe or something like you know he's this poet type of guy. And I think he shot that down and um and and then I came along and I said okay well this is a cool way to to do it you know. So. It added I've said this before it added a lot of um ferocity to the show when Ed, when you and Edge would go at it like you know like cats basically <laughs> and had to be held apart yeah. and it was just kind of out of nowhere and. Um, this should I, I wish that there had been the pay-per-view match with Edge versus Gangrel. Because things I mean well, things I, things moved so quickly during that time anyway with everything. Well, I'm a lot to blame for all that. You know, like uh 
I'm a lot to blame in a sense. Well, we got together so quick. Well, moving quickly, we became the, the brood. But then we split, and then we had had some matches. But the matches weren't up to par. I think I was just beat up and injured, hiding a lot of injuries. Um, also had that, I'm uh, just happy to be here attitude. I didn't really uh, – I quit trying to pitch any kind of opinions or, or – uh, uh, ideas creative ideas or anything like that i was just i was just trying to survive that 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 marriage i had with luna and whatnot so uh my life was just like she was getting let go every other month or something like that i was like ah so i was just happy i just showed up laced my boots and went to the ring instead i should have been there like hey man this is a cool ideas i shouldn't have worked on that stuff if i would have had the maturity level like that I have now and the mindset that I have now, I'd be a millionaire. Like, <laughs> and I'd have a lot more, it'd be a lot more action figures. Out <laughs> Who's, whose idea was it to cut your sleeves off? Like, did you always have the tattoos? Uh, no, no. I got the tattoos after being there, after, after being there. I've had a few, but not, not the sleeves I have. Um, I, that was Stephanie's. That was Stephanie. Stephanie used to come to me and she goes, um, we 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 sit and drink a lot and, and and hang out a lot like that. And she'd always go, "Ah, oh, you need to change up something. They're they're getting restless in there with your look and this and that." I go, oh, "I don't know." And she goes, "Cut the sleeves off or something." And so I came out, <laughs> the sleeves cut out because I was recycling the white shirt. So I was like, "Oh gosh, you only get two two runs in the shirt. How else can I get some more time out?" Oh, let's cut the sleeves off, like <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, but it wasn't very creative. I got I'm more creative now in my mind. I was just in a and, and I take all blame for that, like, like being like, just going day to day, like a nine to five, like almost like just punching the clock and going in. But although it's something I loved somewhere for a little while there, I lost that, that, that magic and that gleam in a little boy's eye. And, uh, uh it became like a, like, oh, I'm just going through this job. Let me just get through this day without there being any drama or problems or anything like that. You know, instead of going to work going, Hey, this kicks ass. I have the best job in the whole wide world, but I never even realized I was like a, a WWE star, WWF star. I, I, I still to this day am humbled and stuff when people come up and they want to buy a picture or there's an action figure out. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't, I, I, I get it. But I mean, I'm still like, I, you know, I'm so blessed that really people, I don't get that people look at me in that kind of way. Like, do you feel, I don't feel like I'm in that kind of way, you know. Well, do you feel that, um, or did you feel that you knew that you were part of the WWF as it was growing, or did it really make much of a difference to you? Were you really just like sort of keeping yourself to yourself? Like, did you feel the mainstream? Keep- now? Yeah. Well, no, I, I was keeping myself to myself, <laughs> but I, I didn't go home a whole lot. Uh, they would send me on third party stuff. I don't know whether it was because I was married to Luna. Some said it was because I would dress in character, but be nice, biz cash enough in character that I could pull things off. So they would send me out to every comic book store or, or uh, some a restaurant opening or third party wrestling show. So I, I realized like when they opened like the, the Times Square and, and something and, and I ended up in like um, the New York Times, a picture like me. And if they had only known how partied out of my mind I was. You know, I'm in a nightclub with a black leather coat and sunglasses going, ah, I'm pretty foobar. I'm pretty like on everything there is. And, uh, you know, everything New York City had to offer, I probably sampled that night. And then uh, so I realized then like, oh, crap, man, this is like this is the New York Times. This is really a big, big, big thing or the Post and all that or whatever paper it was, too. It was in both of them, I think. Um, and then when like Entertainment Weekly came to shoot uh the rock and, and Vince McMahon, I think, for a thing. Uh, they came, they shoot them, 
And the photographer came in and I literally was trying to sneak in the building. I've been up all night. I haven't been asleep. And she goes, you, you're beautiful. And she started taking pictures. And then I got so much heat with Vance and, and people like that. Um, and I, I realized, wow, this is a big deal. These are a big deal. I might, might be like pretty cool or something here. But then, but then I was quickly humbled by Luna going, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Like, ah, like, yeah, that moment lasted about five minutes and gone. Like, <laughs> I, I yeah, do they, they don't like you. It, it's great that they thought you were cool, but the, the company always kind of loves to control stuff like that. They don't like you getting your own steam. You know, that's the one oh, thing. Yeah, yeah mm. I, felt, I felt the heat for that. And, yeah. and then it made, when it was in the entertainment, it made the pictures made the entertainment weekly thing. Nobody even told me about it or even the newspapers the next day at Times Square. It was like one of the, the girl workers uh Ivory, I think it was. She's so sweet. She goes, "Look what you look at this. You're in the paint." Mm. And I go, oh, "Great," because <laughs> like, it just seemed like that was instant heat. Like you said, they like they they're there to take a picture and do a shoot of them. That's who they want them to shoot, not 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 right. the Brooklyn brawler or me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's really kind of messed up sometimes how people will get punished for kind of getting over in their own ways. Like I even remember with the magazines, like sometimes this would happen if we would put someone on the cover just because we liked that person, but they weren't really one of the top guys, they would get punished. They would actually get, if we didn't have permission to do it or officially told, Hey, put this person on the cover. We saw guys get like little burials happen, and it was because of us. And they would have to like do a little time on the bottom. It's really weird and petty, but we saw it happen. Oh, they go from raw to shotgun Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, <Hard. or> jacked. <laughs> right. Jacked. I was the king of jacked and metal. I, was, I, was, I, I honestly think in the magazine at the time there was, an, there was an advert for jacked, and you were the, the like the poster boy on in the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you you just pushed Edge into the fire, and that's the picture yeah. you used for uh, wow. for jacked. Uh, yeah yeah i was a king of jack that was all i was all those uh all those uh shows <laughs> velocity right that was another one uh, see one of the last yeah. things in wwf that i saw you do uh, during that run was a uh, spit blood over donald trump did you get any in his face so uh i believe he got it in his hair and over him it definitely <laughs> soaked his missus's uh his missus's white blouse and stuff like that so that that was uh yeah, that was an interesting night. I've told the story a few times, but I wasn't even on the loop. I wasn't there for the garden. They uh, called and added, like, it was coming in for TV, but that was, I don't know if it was a Sunday. I think it was a Sunday show. And uh, they were like, uh, oh, Vince wants you in the garden. So, you know, you're super excited because to be a Madison Square Garden, that's a really great thing. And then you, I get there and uh, it says special attraction. It's with Kane. And I said, Kane, were you on this originally? He goes, no, I wasn't on this. So, <laughs> so they added him on. So, you know, and we're going out there, you know, I'm just, you know, it's going to be a quick match, but still the garden. So I'm super stoked about being in the garden and wrestling and everything. So I'm walking out and, you know, they, they got the whole production going on. You know, it was a house show, but it was still a nice production in the garden. And uh, I was walking around and I see somebody there and I go, oh, this guy doesn't really belong here, but I couldn't tell because I got the sunglasses on. It was dark, but you just knew like, what is this guy doing here? He doesn't fit. You know, he doesn't fit that CMO, the people out there. He doesn't fit. So I, I go uh, go up the steps because it was near the steps, and um, and then I hear the people coming, and I go, "Jesus, like, I, like they're, they're feeling me in the garden." I was like, "This is <laughs> awesome," you know. So I'm getting pumped, and then I start drinking in in the chalice to drink the the blood to spray, and, and they're like, "Oh, 
oh, and it's getting louder. And I go, oh, so I'm taking it all down, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> so I, I, I inhale all that blood deep into my lungs. And then when I go to spray, I hear them just pop, like, and I'm like, so I sprayed as hard as I ever sprayed it. You know, I'm like, ah, go in there and get choke slammed by Kane really fast. Couple strikes, choke slam. I'm like, ah, that was great. So I come back and then, uh, like the pyro crew guys, different guys like that or backstage techs or whatever. And the refs, they're high-fiving me. What's that was awesome. I'm like, yeah, that was great. Uh, like, no, you spit on Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> like, I always what? so, <laughs> always so beloved in New York. Let me tell you that <laughs> yeah. we, we were, we were ahead of the curve on, on that stuff. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, you know, you said, they're like, oh, you're awesome, man. And I'm like, oh shit. And then, uh, I come back and one of the first people I see is Stephanie and she goes, she sh- she's shaking her dad head and says, my dad's not happy. I'm like, I, I didn't know he was there, you know, like, so, and I, I guess apparently like when I was going to, uh, when I was drinking in the, the chalice, he doesn't like to be touched or whatnot, but the fans kept reaching over and trying to tell him and pull him back. So the more that they pulled on his shoulders or touched him, he pushed further to the guardrail, like pushed further up towards the steps. So, so he got full on and, uh, and then they, they got his, they got his missus's, uh, sweater replaced like that. It was like so quick. <laughs> I was like, wow, that was, how do you even find that that quick, that cashmere or whatever it was. But, uh, but, uh, yeah. So Stephanie says his dad's upset and like, I'm thinking I'm going to lose my job. Plus I'm thinking I'm going to end up in the swamps of Jersey somewhere hacked by his bodyguards or something, <laughs> you know, you know, so I, you know, I go into Monday events. He never has time to talk to me. And she goes, ah, oh, it's not good, but he, he doesn't have time to talk to you today. So I'm like, wow. So we go to TV Tuesday, same thing goes all day. And she comes up and says, Hey, he's got, he's got time to see you. And then, uh, I, I walk in the office thinking I'm totally getting sacked or something, you know, and, I walk in and he goes, wasn't that great? And he's laughing and everything. But he set the whole thing up. I guess he knew Trump was coming. So he, he's sitting there. So he added us on the show, knowing that I'm a moron. I'm going to go out there and spray that blood no matter what. Whoever's mm-hmm. sitting there, you know. So I guess when she came in, they'd already scouted out what kind of sweater she had on. It was already in the, uh, in the ready replaceable. They were already on top of everything. It was just one giant rib, like on all of us. <laughs> It would have been nice if they if they let you know ahead of time, right? <laughs> oh, it was a rib on me too. It was a double rib, two for one. Yeah. Trump was at WrestleMania five, and the story is because uh, he's with Ivana, and when Jake brings the snake near Ivana, Ivana legitimately wanted her armed security to shoot the snake because um, she's <laughs> not keen on snakes. And I think she uh, left the show at that point. She actually like left her seat or something. There's this whole weird history of Trump's wives being spooked out by wrestling. It's like a whole, it's like a running gag almost of whatever, well, you know, it's weird. Maybe they're on to something. <laughs> maybe um, they know something we don't know. I don't think anybody's got Melania yet. That's got to be the target now that she's the next <laughs> Trump wife. That's got to be spooked out by a wrestler. Yeah, yeah, she's on top of the food chain now. <laughs> so just like a couple of very, very nerdy questions. Now, I've always wondered what that little tattoo was on the temple of, uh, on your temple. All right, then. Uh, the Masquerade, you, you read any of it? I have not. All right, if you look in the book, and this is, is, is so weird. Before I even, uh, like... Um, before the Gangrel, and that I was going to be Gangrel or any of this stuff, and Vince McMahon picked that name. If you go through it, the clans in the book, Gangrel is a clan. 
But there's a tattoo, like a, a, a picture of a, a flying vampire and stuff like that called and it's the Gangrel Clan. Well, I, that's the tattoo I actually have on the side of my head. Oh, nice. Years, years before I ever became Gangrel. <laughs> like, so it was just like, ironic, this is weird. It's like, maybe it was a destiny thing. I don't know. The wow. universe telling me something, but yeah. But yeah, right there, that head, it's a, a flying thing. It's a... It's the Gangrel. If you look up Gangrel on the Masquerade, you open it up, you'll see like a flying vampire with like cool bracelets and a Nuvio jeans on. That's what I have on the side of my head. It's probably the best piece of work I have on me. <laughs> but I'm going bald quick, so you'll probably see it soon. <laughs> I'm thinking about hanging up the boots next year. Uh, I'm thinking of, um, I've had a dodgy back right now. Uh, I'm seeing PTs. I'm dropping tons of money trying to get back into proper action. Like I had epidurals. This and this and that, but I was going to hang it up over my knee because I got to get a total knee replacement. And once I do that, they said I can't wrestle again because I only get one knee replacement because the knee is so bad. Uh, so I was thinking about running that knee knee into the ground and hanging it up Halloween next year, you know. So oh, <laughs> what a good day to end it. But you're a vampire; you can keep going. You can <laughs> well, maybe if the knee's feeling good, but but I, I don't know, man. I might commit to it and even make up some shirts, and put some of the towns because you know I'm in like. A, Next year, uh, next March, I'm in Romania. I'm gonna be, uh, I'll be at Transylvania, the castle, Dram, uh, Bram Stoker's castle, doing a documentary. I'm in Poland. I'm hitting all the towns and, and countries that uh didn't see uh, that I missed already in my earlier loops. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Of course, I'll come back to the UK for at least a month run in the UK at some point. Oh, <laughs> that's that's good to know. So I think what we'll have to do because I know you have a uh, you have a class coming up, so we'll have to. All right, right. Uh, we'll have to definitely do a part two. See, I, I get them to agree on air, and that's like a verbal contract. You see, um, it is, and it is, <laughs> and I don't mind them. It's just pointing me down to time since no, I'm really running so much. But but uh, but this is a good time of day right before I go into a class. This is. I really appreciate it. Well, the uh, the Gangrel action figure available from Chella. Uh, dates to come on that, but the uh, the blueprints from Tippy are out there now, just detailed beyond imagination. I mean, I, I would think you'd agree that it is the best Gangrel figure uh, out there. And it's great that people get a chance to, uh, you know, have a new Gangrel figure. And you can make him face Big Daddy. I mean, in what other universe could Gangrel Ooh, face Big Daddy? Oh, Big Daddy. Yeah, <laughs> huh? Um, whether you'll be able to do that in Pale DDT on Big Daddy, though, I, he's not renowned for selling uh, anything or taking any kind of bumps, so you'd have to work hard. Eh, he just <laughs> has to fall forward, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me, well, I'm, I'm in Florida, obviously, but you can find me on Gangrel13 or Gangrel David Heath on Facebook. Uh, or Instagram is the same thing, I believe. Uh, but, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still working and wrestling every weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sundays. Um, I'm training Monday through Thursdays, like I'm getting ready to go do a class right now uh, at CCW, Coastal Championship Wrestling. I'm running their school, so uh, still working with the future wrestlers, the future entertainers of the industry coming out, and uh, still doing what I love. Um, I'm grizzled getting through it, but uh, I'm still doing it. I'm still fanging and banging, and I'm loving every minute of it. So, <laughs> uh, Well, I, look, I really appreciate it, and I hope I get to see you in the UK uh, soon. Uh, uh, Yes, me too. I could use some some tea and a little bit of Sunday roast. You know? And the cold weather. That's <laughs> definitely why you need to come. Um, yeah. It's okay. It seems like the cold weather does me good when I'm there. I don't like cold. I don't, I, it doesn't snow there. It's just kind of cold and damp all the time. But my body always seems to do better over there. I don't know if the cold helps me. For, maybe I truly am a vampire. I don't know. Um, so, yes, uh, Dave, David, uh, Mr. Heath Gangrel, 
Thank you very much uh, for being a part of this episode of the official Cello Toys podcast. And as always, Brian, I want to thank you. And uh, we will do this again at some point, I hope. Thank you, Dave. All right, guys. Thank you so Take much. Bye. Have a good day. Bye.